Welcome to Background Screening Tips and Tech. I'm your host, Tim Santoni. Today, we're talking about the social security number trace. Do you hide it or show it on the final report? That is the question. If this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you. We're trying to share tips, tricks, and trends from the world of background screening. We also interview industry professionals and share their stories. If you know of anyone that would be a great guest, please reach out. Now, let's get into the show. For many years, it was industry standard to run the social security number trace as a primary element of a background report. It is quick, it is cost-effective, and it is demanded by HR professionals, right? Well, I would say yes, it is quick, and yes, it is cost-effective, but is it demanded by HR professionals? Once I explained to an HR professional that the SSN trace comes from credit header data that is often filled with bad and misleading information, and that the SSN trace only gives us the date and state where the SSN was issued, they are often a bit surprised. The next question is typically, so the search won't tell us if the applicant's going to clear through E-Verify and Form I-9 and is in essence eligible for hire. My answer is no, it won't. The SSN trace can be an indication of a potential issue. Here are a couple of examples. If the SSN provided by the applicant comes back to someone with a different name, or it shows the SSN search belongs to someone that is deceased, the search can also show that the SSN was issued before the applicant was born. These are indications of issues, but are not definitive and actionable. So the next question is, should the information from a social security number trace be on a background report? Like I said, this was the standard for many years and it is something that many background screeners are still doing. I would say that the information on the SSN trace is valuable to the background screening researcher, but not as useful to the HR professional or employer. The information developed in the SSN trace can help us develop alias names that should be searched as part of the background report. It can also provide address history beyond what the applicant has provided. These tools are useful when putting together a comprehensive background check. Because the SSN trace is often filled with bad information that is misleading, applicants will often ask why an address showed up that they never lived at or why an alias showed up that they never used. These are valid issues that need to be addressed by a background screener. The challenge is getting to the source data and verifying the information or ruling it out. There really isn't a mechanism to do this for a background screener because we don't get direct access to the credit bureaus, nor can we see where the potentially bad information came from and why. So let's look at some different options that a background screener could take when it comes to the SSN trace. Option one, run the SSN trace and include all of the results in the report with no review. Option two, Run the SSN trace and remove misspelled names, obvious errors, and addresses that don't belong to the applicant. Option three, run the SSN trace, but do not provide the data on the final report. Option four, don't run the SSN trace at all. These are a few options that a background screener could adopt, and there are likely a few others. I'm sure some of you have strong arguments for and against these options as well. No matter which option or options you choose, I think it is critically important that you understand the implications. Let's start with where the SSN trace is purchased from. Typically, a background screening company will select a vendor or vendors to partner with in order to buy this data. I have heard from many industry professionals that if you dig into the vendor agreements for those companies that resell the SSN trace like Tradehouse or Data Divers, you will find that agreements specifically prohibit background screening companies from reselling the SSN trace data. This means if you put the SSN trace on the report and charge for your reports, you are violating your agreement with your vendor. Now, Let's look at the compliance and legal issues. I'm not going to give legal advice or get into the weeds on the legal stuff, but I will point out what one legal expert who advises many background screening companies in the space has said. Scott Paler, an attorney at DeWitt and trusted PBSA resource, recently voiced his concerns about providing the SSN trace on the final report. 
He was not against running the search, but he said putting it on the report can open a background screening company up to liability and potential litigation. For me, when an attorney who deals with litigation on a daily basis that impacts background screening companies voices concerns about something like this, I listen. The change to remove the SSN trace from our background report involves software changes, updates to pricing documents and master service agreements. It can be challenging, but I encourage you to at least have the conversation and discuss whether continuing to provide social security trace data on your reports is opening you and your clients up to risk. Thank you for tuning in and consider liking and sharing this episode. It really helps. Thanks, and I'll see you on the next one.